Star Wars 7x7, episode 1206, a certain sand crawler figures prominently in the original Star Wars, a.k.a. A New Hope, and there was a lot of drama going on around that sand crawler from a certain point of view. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Brian J. Jones, author of George Lucas The Life, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and this is another in a series of looks at, from a certain point of view, the collection of short stories that tells the story of Star Wars from the point of view of a lot of characters that you may or may not have seen in the movie. And this is a spoiler-filled podcast, so if you have not read the short stories from, from a certain point of view and you don't want them spoiled for you, then by all means save this for a later date. But if you're okay with me spoiling the stories for you, then let's go. I'm talking about three particular stories here in this episode, and two of them, which would be Stories in the Sand by Griffin McElroy and The Red One by Ray Carson, those two bear directly on the story of Star Wars. The third one, which is Rairin, R-E-I-R-I-N, by Saba Tahir. That one doesn't bear as directly on anything, and I've been racking my brains for the last little while trying to think of, well, what does this tie into in particular? But <laughs> it's not jumping out at me, so maybe you can set me straight. But first I'm going to talk about stories in the sand. And this story is told from the point of view of a Jawa who is short by even Jawa standards. His name is Jot, and like many of his fellow Jawas, he is a hoarder. And he has found a bit of a design flaw inside a sand crawler that allows him to basically fit into a space that no other Jawa could fit into. And he's able to hide his treasure stash in this particular place. And it becomes a big deal because eventually, at one point, he finds a hollow projector and he's able to start viewing stories about the galaxy at large, the experiences of droids and, you know, people on ships that have been all over the galaxy and ultimately crashed on Tatooine and had their wrecks buried for years, decades, centuries before windstorms uncovered them. And the Jawas stripped them down and salvaged them for scrap. So initially, Jot had been working on a you know a conveyor belt situation and decided that he wanted to transfer. And his boss was only too happy to let that happen because Jot was getting so distracted by seeing the stuff in his hollow projector that he was missing shifts and whatnot, even though he wasn't letting anybody know this was going on. Ultimately, what he ended up doing was working in a part of the sand crawler where they would wipe memories of droids. And what he was doing to do it very efficiently was going into his little hiding spot and viewing the stories that they found on these droids in their memory banks. And he was ultimately erasing them. But he was still at least getting a chance to see stuff going on in the wider galaxy. And then, and then comes to the fateful day when R2-D2 and C-3PO are picked up by the Sandcrawler. And Jot is supposed to wipe R2-D2's memory as part of his work. But as Jot goes to his little hiding spot and turns on the projector, he sees something that he's never seen the likes of before, the range of images, because, of course, R2-D2 has never been wiped, so he's carrying around decades of memories, crazy stuff, and it kicks off with the first memory being of him 
on the outside of Queen Amidala's starship, which is the scene in The Phantom Menace where they're running the blockade. And it goes on from there. All sorts of scenes from the uh, from the prequel trilogy and from the Clone Wars cartoon series and leading up to the scene on the Tenev 4. Tenev 4? I've heard different pronunciations of that, where Princess Leia is recording her message and he gets to see the schematics for the Death Star battle station. And he realizes, Jot does, that unlike every other thing that he's watched from droid recordings and whatnot, that this is actually happening now and that there is something seriously bad in this galaxy going on. And he says, okay, I'm definitely not going to wipe the data on this thing. I'm just going to put it right back in him and eventually somebody's going to find out, but I'm going to be long gone because at this point I've decided that I've seen too much of the galaxy based on all of these different hollow recordings and Jawa life is not for me. I'm going to find a way to get to the stars. So there you go. It's another link in the chain of the story that shows you how absolutely desperate the rebellion was to pull off this attempt to destroy the Death Star and how many different ways things could have gone wrong. And there's still another one to share. But the second story that they go to is a story called Rairin, R-E-I-R-I-N, that I mentioned earlier. And that's the one that I don't quite get. Ultimately, what it has to do with is that there's a female Tusken Raider who has met with a traitor somewhere. And the traitor has said that there's something that they um that he or she needs to get off of this particular sand crawler and to do so Brayron has to break into the sand crawler and find i mean how are you going to find anything in the middle of a sand crawler i don't know but it's something that's highly valuable and it turns out to be a green rock that is described more like a crystal than a rock it almost sounds like it is just a giant kyber crystal kind of thing, although the word kyber is never mentioned then in the thing. And she is taking it ostensibly to be able to also get off of Tatooine and explore the rest of the galaxy on her own. She's going to be shunned by her family because she's decided to go off on this renegade thing trying to help this trader get whatever this green rock happens to be. And unless it shows up later in the stories here, I don't have any other referent to it that I can think of. So if you want to set me straight on that, then please do chime in at the comments of the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. I'm going to talk about The Red One by Ray Carson, which is, yes, told from the point of view of R5D4 after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. The Last Jedi is coming out in theaters in December, and so it's time for you to brush up on your knowledge of The Force Awakens. Luckily, I've got the thing for you. It's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. It's available on Amazon right now. Just go to sw7x7.com TFA to get right there. And inside you'll find more than 501 galaxy-spanning questions and answers about The Force Awakens. Again, it's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book, sw7x7.com slash tfa welcome back all right the red one by ray carson talks about r5d4 and about how he's been on the sand crawler for four years as far as he can remember and he just can't get sold like it's just not happening for him 
And he gets to the point where he's finally, like, he gets a little lubrication. He gets a little TLC given to him where he thinks maybe he's going to get sold at the next place. And then R2-D2 gets sucked up onto the Sandcrawler. And now he's like, oh, I'm never going to get sold by anyone and or, or sold to anyone. And so he wakes up in the middle of the night and R2-D2 is actually trying to sabotage R5-D4. And so they have a heated conversation where R2 tries to say, I'm sorry, I'm on an important mission and the galaxy is in jeopardy. And if I don't fulfill my mission, then you know, everyone's doomed. And R5-D4 doesn't really buy it, but somehow this tickles something deep in R5-D4's memory. Maybe there was something from a previous, you know, data set that he had that was gone in his last memory wipe. It's just a ghost of a thing that it doesn't get dismissed out of hand, basically, what R2-D2 is saying to him. But R2 promises not to sabotage him again. And so the next day, all the droids are out for Owen and Luke. And they pick R5-D4, and as R5-D4 is rolling away, the thing that R2-D2 is supposed to be beeping at R5-D4 before Jawa walks by and zaps him into silence is, help me R5, you're my only hope. And come to think of it, C-3PO, who is not really mentioned at all in the story, I mean, he's mentioned as being there, but he's not any part of the story itself. C-3PO had to have been hearing... R2-D2 yelling about this mission stuff and ultimately just kept going, what is this he's talking about? This is ridiculous. I'm ignoring him completely. So it just makes you want to strangle C-3PO all the more. But the more R2-D2 talks about how he needs R5's help and how the galaxy is in trouble, the more R5 gets sort of a bad feeling about things and realizes that he actually believes R2-D2, that there's something inside of him somewhere that he just can't put his metaphorical finger on where he thinks it's legit and so r5d4 self-sabotages he realizes that i guess there's some sort of programming that would ultimately limit droids from being able to self-sabotage but that he for whatever reason doesn't have that kind of programming which opens up to mystery to like oh well where did he come from in the first place right but he's able to self-sabotage himself to make it look like he has a bad motivator which he does not in fact it's something else entirely and he gets loaded back on the sand crawler where validation is not long in coming because the stormtroopers are there and he is witness to the massacre of the Jawas by the stormtroopers. Once the stormtroopers have all gone, he actually sneaks out of the sand crawler. He's able to make the ramp go down because he's not that badly damaged. And he says he's been on this route for four years where the Jawas have been going on their trade route. So he knows pretty much exactly where he is and that it's not going to be too hard for him to make it to another homestead that will be able to, to take him in and say, hey, a free droid, let's fix him up. And so there you have it. Drama on the Sandcrawler from a certain point of view. That is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge the Jedi Council, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a test, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is 
is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, or their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.